We're getting out. We're finally getting out. I made it. When a new buyer offers to purchase the town, the elated Rose family makes plans to return to their former lives. Will this be the end of the family's tenure in Schitt's Creek? Find out as we unpack the season one finale, Town for Sale. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Shitless. Hi. Episode How's everyone? <clears throat> Katie, we are at the end of season one. Can you believe season it? Season finale. Season finale. I know. Um, I know. It's... We we really can't believe it. I'm honestly, I was like starting to work on stuff for next week's though, and I'm really excited, but we have to get through this one first. Yes. So <laughs> just a reminder, this is the final episode of the season, but once we finish each season, we'll have our like bonus finale episode where we'll debate to figure out the best episode of that season. So we still have one more week left, but this is the final week or the final episode of season one, which has been so fun to get through. And now I'm like, there's going to be a couple of weeks. We're going to be off on a little break before season two. Yep. And this is just such a part of my routine now. I don't know. Like, how am I, I know gonna, I'm going to miss it and it'll be fun to get back. We already made holiday plans together. So we're going to see each other on we one of our did. technical recording days. So I'm excited yes, for that. Will. Yeah. I'll be up in Michigan for about a week. So that'll be nice. Um, and then we, like we said before, we do have some fun stuff to share on Instagram over our little Christmas break. So we do some, some like behind the scenes things. outtakes. There is, I'm going to tease a little like bird catastrophe that we did. We cut mm. out of the episode entirely, but it's probably the funniest thing I've seen all year. So <laughs> not, uh, it's really not. <laughs> it is. Don't, don't short okay. sell it. Um, okay. It's, it's good. So we'll throw in some of those teasers or like behind the scenes, little blurbs uh in our little break just to keep you guys uh keep in touch with you guys let you know we still are thinking of you i think what do we have three weeks off maybe i think it'll be about three weeks and then we'll be back in january yep for season two so um but with that katie do we have any social updates for the week just a few or actually just two quickies because we are recording early this week due to some holiday plans. So Mm -hmm. this week and next week, we're probably going to have minimal feedback, but that's okay. We're still going to be around there. We still want your feedback. We'll share it eventually. Um, I do want to say a quick thank you to Bathtub Mermaid on Instagram. Her name is Candice. She answered my question in last week's episode. Remember, I asked you what David was doing with this blue cloth on the bed in that one scene. What was he doing? He was polishing his rings. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, she commented on our um, episode post this week. And I appreciate that because I could not for the life of me that... figure out what it was. I wonder if we'll see him do that frequently because those rings. Will yeah. Be now we'll have to keep an eye out. Ball. That's funny. Yep. Well, good on her. And for then that. we posted prom pics today, too. We're getting a we lot, did. a lot of likes on those. Don't roll your eyes, Stephanie. You're Yours cute. are adorable. First of all, yours are so you are yours so cute and young. We both look young. We both said this. We were both much thinner and had more manageable my manageable boobs, boobs were size. much more manageable <laughs> back then. <laughs> so, uh, well, now you times. know all of, now yes. you know all of us. <laughs> so, but anyway, no no big news. I think we have kind of a long episode tonight anyway, we so do. Yeah, this we'll is jump the right in. Finale, but so, I 
definitely wanted to say thank you on that little note from yes. Candace. So thank you, Candace. <clears throat> um, well, tonight we are going to start off because this is my episode to lead. Once again, um, we're going to look at some words oh, of yes. the week. Foils Falaveries. Foils we're looking in the Foils Further Falavery book tonight. For Ooh, our words. We're getting deep. Yep. Once again, these words are all tied to the episode. We'll be posting um, them on our Instagram story, give you guys a chance to guess, and then we'll reveal the answers after we give you a good amount of time, mm-hmm. like a day or so. And please participate and take please a guess. I can see you and you sneak yes. around on our story and don't I'm guess. Even, I'm even wearing glasses tonight, so I feel extra academic. Studious. As I read. Okay. Our first word of the night is... Okay. Kina bunker. Kina bunker. What is the type of word? It is a word? noun. A kina bunker. Kina bunker. Use it in a sentence, please. The roses begin filling up their kina bunkers in this episode. Their luggage hmm. is my guess. Maybe. Okay. That's our okay. first one. Kina bunker. That one seems easy. Maybe. Maybe, Maybe the deglute of the week. <laughs> <laughs> the you know, the you know. weekly deglute, yes. <laughs> you know, you know. Um, speaking of which, let me deglute some wine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers to that. All right. Our second word is rumpty dooler. Rumpty dooler. Oh. It's a noun. Oh, this is just a funny word. It is a funny um, word. Reminds me of Rumpelstiltskin. Kind of. Okay. What's the sentence? My sentence is. Moira gives Jocelyn a rumpty dooler. Rumpty dooler. I I would guess a parting gift. I wouldn't go so far as to say it's as specific as a fur coat, but a parting okay. gift is a my guess. Gift. That is a good guess. Okay. And our third and final word of the night is symbaritic. Symbaritic, which is a adjective? noun. Or sorry, adjective. Oh, You're right. It is an adjective. Right. Okay. It is an adjective. Symbaritic. Like, uh, that would be surprising <laughs> if it was. Yeah. Um, I see usually I mean, is a adjective. Not an English language expert or anything by. I mean. Well, I mean, I guess I speak the language fluently. Symbaritic. That's how you say it? Symbaritic. Yes. Okay. What's the sentence? And my sentence is, despite their time in Schitt's Creek, the roses are still very symbaritic. Hmm. Symbaritic. I don't have a guess for this one, I don't okay. think. Okay. Well, we'll we'll put it out there we'll for to, our followers. I'll have to guess and just like everyone else. Place your guesses. Exactly. So those are our words of the week. Kina Bunker, Rumpty Dooler, which I think is my favorite one, just the way it yeah. sounds. And Symbaritic are the words of the week. Y'all are going to be such good linguists after this so podcast. So educated. Educational yes. content is high tonight. All right, let's jump in to the season one finale uh, of Schitt's Creek, which is entitled Town for Sale. So I just want to go ahead. We kind of forgot about that goal is just all I was going to (laughs) say. Exactly. Well, my first point is last week, episode 12 could have been a season finale. I feel like they frame it that way. And then what we're dealing with this week is this sort of unexpected afterward. we're like everything Surprise. is about to deflate. Yeah, we end on such a high note last week. Everyone's dancing, happy in that moment, forgetting about kind of adjusted. Know, other things going on. Adjusted, and then you know that veil drops, reality hits, and the goal to sell a town 
reemerges suddenly Front center because we we literally start with Johnny just running through town just like as fast as he can out of breath sweating down his w- white shirt this is my i've told you that's one of my favorite it's opens. one of katie's favorite scenes it, like, and it's such a good one laugh so hard and apparently eugene really knew dan put this in the script to stick it to him because this his dad is not not that he's not athletic, but he's not, not a, a runner. runner. And so the fact that he had to do this and he didn't go for a stunt double at all, he felt proud that he had to do it himself. Um, and he wasn't, he Does said he wasn't wearing the best shoes. The book? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm assuming you got this all from the best wishes book. Eugene talks about say how far. They didn't say how, how far, did far how many takes, but he just says he was definitely not wearing the right shoes for having to run <laughs> so much. <laughs> Which is so Johnny anyway. Exactly. Um, staying, you know, true to character. But we see him past the garage, the cafe, and he's like smiling the whole time. So you're trying to figure out why is this man running? Is he running from and something to something? Where is he coming from? Where yeah. is he coming from? That's another great question. We never really found out that answer, but he does run back to the motel. And the family is inside cooking breakfast in the parents' cooking. room. I know. Alexis has a spatula, so that's impressive. Yeah. Is she making eggs? I can only assume Maybe. she's making like eggs. On like a, a griddle or something. Hot plate, yeah. <laughs> and he comes in and he's still panting out of breath. It's how I've been feeling the last few weeks because our elevator is out at work. And so I have to go up like three flights of stairs every day. And oh, I'm gosh. just like dead at the end of it. But he's just <gasps> trying to <gasps> catch his breath. <laughs> They're just looking at him confused, like, what? What is, what are you, what's going on? And all I can I feel like they were all about to crack in that. There's a couple that scene. parts of this scene where Dan looks like he is cracking and, and can't hide it. Catherine well. O'Hara, too. I feel like she's like really <laughs> trying not to lips. just, mm-hmm. yes, yes. But Johnny finally says, We're getting out. We're finally getting out. I'm serious. And the family. No is, one believes him. No. And then Alexis, I think, is the first one who just starts like laughing and then jumping up and jumping down. up and down. David is still kind of confused. Moira starts laughing. <laughs> Alexis starts but. screaming and hugging David, who's still kind of in shock. This is when D- Dan kind of breaks. I noticed he cracks a little bit of a smile there. He's like, oh, my God. And. Alexis is now like on David's back as Moira starts crawling and like crying, crying, (laughs) crawling, screaming, (laughs) full blown, like Like crow screaming, their savior. Oh, my God, Johnny. (laughs) This is what we've been waiting for, which is true. But like after last week, like we said, kind of this has been pushed to the back burner of our Mm -hmm. minds for a couple weeks, at least. Yeah, that's the cold open is this this revelation that we're getting out. Um, and so then we cut to everyone's packing, packing up all of a sudden there's a ton immediately. of luggage immediately. Yeah. Um, and Johnny's kind of bragging, like I told her I do it, told her I'd sell the town. And Dan's like, or David is like, yeah, you told us constantly. And at least in the first few episodes he did. Yeah. But. We've definitely moved away from this with some other plot points. So this is why it kind of feels like a surprise. It's coming back. Uh, I noticed that the wigs have already been taken off the wall. Yeah, the wig wall was completely empty. Completely empty. <laughs> David I has wonder... a big box he's grabbing to fill up. Alexis is coming in for her little suitie cases. 
She's so excited. Which is like, where were they? In Johnny and Moira's room? <laughs> they don't have any room anywhere yeah. for anything. I That's what I can't get over with this whole packing thing is where was all of this stuff they have suddenly packed? Because there's just right. so much of it. Maybe we need to go back to, do you remember the first episode when they dropped them off at the motel? Like, should we do a bag count to compare? Oh, maybe. Like, how many bags did they come with and how many? Because I later in the episode, when we see David in his room deep into packing, I think I counted like at least a dozen bags in the kids' yeah. room alone. So yeah, bags are everywhere. Filling up yeah. real quick. Um, but they also have the urge to purge. Yes, because Moira finds a fur coat that I guess was a gift from Johnny. He said he does another name drop, says he outbid Richard ba- uh, Branson at the Kaminsky yep. auction. And didn't Richard Branson just go to space recently? Isn't he? Like, I think there so. With, I'm one of those like uh, Concord style Bezos, jets or Elon something. Musk. Yeah. So if they've got money to or they had money to outbid Richard Branson. He's he's there were living large really at one point. Something. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but more was like, no, I'm sick of having hot coffee and blood thrown at me when I wear fur. And then comes up with this idea that she'll give this as a a gift to Jocelyn, a parting gift. Um he has this like fancy fur coat, which also brings up my question I've always asked before. They got away with all of these worldly possessions when she had to hide her diamonds under her tongue. But she has all these like clothes and like just like David's wardrobe, all these designer clothes and stuff. They should have repossessed all of that. They could have got so much tax money out of that. (laughs) I know. But, you know, you just think probably in that moment, they're just clinging to what they have and hoping that this was temporary. Yeah, any little thing. Um, Question for you, Katie. Do you own any authentic fur garments and or would you wear real fur um i don't think i own the only thing i can think of are these little gloves that my friend Aaliyah got me that are made out of um rabbit fur like angora they're Mm -hmm. super soft and i really like them but i don't own a fur coat the closest thing i own to a fur coat is that fur vest i wore for to be moira on halloween and i got that at walmart for 1995 so, so i'm guessing that's not authentic pretty sure not <laughs> pretty sure it it's might be a really good look alike like alexa said <laughs> yeah. those lookalikes are getting really good these days knockoffs are getting so good yeah, yeah. no um and i don't even I, I mean i don't have the desire to wear fur mm-hmm. really yeah so I just have, so I do own a fur piece that I inherited. So it's not something I ever sought out to buy. My grandma had a fur capelet that when they were like clearing out their estate after my grandpa died, she gave it to me. And you wore it to New Year's. I did wear it to New Year's. Yes, I remember. I've only, that might be the only time I've ever worn it because I do feel (laughs) a little like unsure wearing it. Um, you know, I think it's one thing if it's like an inherited piece, but this is also just so being in the fashion industry, this is a controversial topic that comes up constantly. Same with like Angora and Shearling and other, um, like textile goods that, you know, take an animal's life to make basically unlike wool or, you know, um, even silk is controversial. Like there's a lot of people who are vegan who won't wear silk okay 
or our own silk. But I often ask my students when they kind of cringe at, you know, oh, that's real leather or that's real fur. And I'll say, okay, you guys, before you get all high and mighty, I just want you to think a minute. Do you eat meat? Do you eat animal byproducts? Are those leather shoes you're wearing? Oh, look at your leather belt. You know, like it's easy to be hypocritical because they think, for and I'm not advocate like don't come at us people. Well, it's I'm a not, glamour thing. It's like it's an excessive yeah. thing. That's what it is. Fur is very like blatant animal product in mm-hmm. your face. I think that's why it's seen as like in poor taste. But right. I think you know before you do get on that high horse, like if you are a true hundred percent vegan, no animal byproducts in your life whatsoever, then by all means saddle up on that high horse. You belong up there. You've earned it. But if you're yeah, not that's a lot of work. quite there, I think, you know, there's also issues with some of these like synthetic alternatives in terms of sustainability. Um, yeah, there so was there's something on the news. I just saw about um, something we all make some kind of tree that is like claims to be eco-friendly in this fiber or fabric we get from it. And their story on the news was like, it's not as good as you think because it destroys it still destroys acres of forest just to plant that one type of tree. Right. Well, even the debate with, you know, it's right around Christmas. Do you get a real tree or a fake tree? I got a real tree right. this year. Got hassled by a couple people. But then there's also the argument that these artificial trees all end up in landfills and they don't mm-hmm. decompose. Decompose. So it, it's, you know, it's a, well, a complicated web. It's, yeah, I'm happy to say no one threw blood or hot coffee at you at the New Year's party. <laughs> Can you so imagine if they did? <laughs> no, they didn't. So. I think I appreciate that, everybody. Um, but yeah, I don't. That's the only piece of fur I own, and I I don't care to have more. Not that um, fancy. But Jocelyn <laughs> apparently covets this coat, is what Moira says, and Johnny's kind of like, ah, eh, let's wait to give away luxury goods until you know. We, we cross our T's paper, and dot says. our I's. Yeah. And she says that, well, this will be Jocelyn's first piece of clothing made up outside <laughs> of mainland China. Still like throwing it's shade at her constantly, <laughs> even though she's like claiming yeah. to do a nice thing. Still judging. Where do you think the fur coat, where is a fur coat made? Um, I mean, I assume that's probably made in China too. <laughs> uh, I it, it all depends on like the ethics and the sourcing. I, if it's a luxury brand, it's probably like... Italian or could be from yeah that's Paris. true um it just depends yeah that sounds I'm like guessing more. your ja- your vest from Walmart is most likely from mainland China if I had to guess I'll have to check the label yeah. get back to us <laughs> yeah do some research I'll let you know um so all of a sudden they've made plans everybody like they know they were packing like they have somewhere to go my question is where are you all going Alexis says she's going to St. Bart's with some girlfriends like, how did these plans come together so quickly? They're all wearing the same clothes. It's just been a matter of minutes or hours since Johnny came in and gave them this revelation. Um, Everyone's got plans except for David, really. Except for David. He says he is going to go to New York to see some people. He won't disclose who those people are. And Alexis kind of gets in another dig about him, which we've heard multiple times this season about yep. how... He maybe bought his old friends, mentions that they all dropped him once he couldn't pick up the tab at the Waverly, which I did look up. Okay, is this a real restaurant? And it is a real restaurant in the West Village, but very pricey from the looks of it. And their website doesn't even like advertise the menu. It's just, do you want a reservation? 
yes or no. Okay. We'll, we'll let have you know to look more into that for our next trip. <laughs> yeah. But it is a, a real place. And you can tell like David is unsure compared to the other three roses right mm-hmm. now about like what his future looks like. And he suggests maybe Alexis come to New York after her trip and they can get a two bedroom apartment together. So they don't have not to live, have in, to Brooklyn. live in Brooklyn, <laughs> which is such a dig. Like all the yeah. cool people live in Brooklyn or Queens. Yeah. I guess not cool enough for David though. Hmm. And she's like, ah, I think I'm going to live on my own. Um, implying that she doesn't really like being David's roommate anymore and the judgment that he's been throwing at her, which, you know, that's like the sibling rivalry that most siblings are used to growing up. But I don't know, that statement means that it's really been wearing on her. She hasn't shown that a ton up until this point, but we've seen a difference in their aesthetic. We've pointed it out how she just doesn't want to be the neat freak that David probably Mm -hmm. needs as a roommate. So I could imagine the thought of living with him like that is probably much the same way the thought of living with me because I too am a neat freak like David. Mm-hmm. But Yeah. Uh, so yeah, when he, she turns down that offer, he makes this look as if like he needs her and wants her, but maybe mm-hmm. m- more so needs her to live with him and isn't happy with that answer. So through all of this, like we now know that they've sold the town. Who knows what the price is that they're, you know, how much money they're right. getting. We never learn how much they bought it for in the first place either, I don't think. Um, Yeah, at this point, no, I don't think we have a clue. But the fact that they're all making these plans so quickly implies it's a a good amount of money for them to be able to get out of here and and make these Mm -hmm. extravagant plans. Um, My next question for you, Katie, is did you ever live with one of your sisters outside of your parents' house, of course? Nope, never did. They're so much older than me. I'm... Like 10 years older is the next that's, sibling up. That's true. So there that opportunity never. However, like my older or my middle sister did move back in with us at one point in our life, my middle sister and Crystal, my niece. So there was a time that I was a teenager and she and Crystal were living with us and we did not get along during mm-hmm. that time. Yeah. Part of that was surely my moody teenage years. Mm-hmm. but the other part was <laughs> her being difficult to live with <laughs> yeah for sure uh, I uh like post college there was a period when I moved back to Michigan where my younger brother Greg and I shared an apartment I just helped him finish out a lease I had just recently moved this was right around the time we met um mm-hmm. had moved back to Michigan and that didn't go very well because again I was not super neat freaky but he was complete opposite of that and we got in a couple big arguments where we kind of stopped and realized like we need to be family at the end of the day so maybe we shouldn't live together so probably not a good idea so when that lease ended we did not continue living together and I just remember when I was back at my parents after I moved to Michigan um, my older brother and his wife and their daughter who was just like a toddler at the time they had sold their house and were building or not building, but renovating a like a fixer upper home to move into. They and stayed with you guys, right? They did. And that got hard sometimes, like just not just between me and them, but everybody. It was just a lot of people. Yeah, it's just cramped space and, and everyone has their own yeah. um, habits and stuff. Mm-hmm. I remember they were trying to wean their daughter, Nora, who was just like two at the time 
to get her to not leave her bed at night. And she would cry and scream in the middle of the night. And sometimes she would come into my room, which I was fine with because at the end of the day, I had to get up and go to work. And I just wanted wanted a good night's sleep. She can sleep in here. (laughs) But they would come in and they would get her and they would be like, no, she has to learn. She has to stay in her bed. I'm like, but I need sleep. We all like, we need to sleep. Help me. So yeah, (laughs) help me help you. Uh, So that was, yeah, that was rough. Um, So I get it. I get like the, you know, excitement on yeah Alexis it's just hard like, when you like to get build away your routines their your own routines your own lifestyle it's just hard it's getting a little crowded and they just need some space uh so then we jump over to the shit's house and we notice i don't know if i've noticed this before we may have seen it but the shits have a welcome sign like hanging from their porch that very much mirrors the town sign i think like even the shape and way it's painted is kind of similar it's just two cardinals not you know, controversial brother sister moment, but a little uh, welcome sign. Yeah, it's very cute. And Moiran, Moiran, Moira and Jocelyn, Moira has dropped in on Jocelyn, who's cleaning and tells her the good news that they're leaving. She's clearly thrilled. Jo- Moira is thrilled. And yeah, uh, Jocelyn's kind I of think, shocked, I think. Well, I think Jocelyn's just kind of like, trying to reel her in a little bit just being mm. like hey you know it's not over till the fat lady sings type she's thing she's on this high like can all... you just kind of you should probably calm down i feel like mm-hmm. that was the tone i got from jocelyn yeah. just i agree keep it realistic um and she's come up there cuz she wants to give jocelyn what she says a keepsake the and coveted i think coat. <laughs> at first jocelyn thinks it's the bag cuz she's holding this big leather bag right and then she opens it to reveal the coat and jocelyn's like is that a wig <laughs> cuz all you see <laughs> is this fur which you wouldn't be surprised to get a wig you wouldn't from be. No, of course her. maybe you would cuz they're probably her most prized possession yeah that would really that might be more valuable to her i'm sure yeah. it is um but Jocelyn doesn't seem to have a strong impression or memory of this coat. But Moira's like, no, you loved it. Um, and then kind of forces her to take it. And then says something again that just all this season, Moira's just, she makes these digs at poor Jocelyn. And yeah, she really does. It's absolutely tragic, Jocelyn, that I will never see or speak to you ever again. <laughs> Like, what a way to say goodbye to somebody. Yeah. No, let's stay in touch. It's, you will never see or right. hear from me again. I, I'm not going to, I'm not contacting you, basically, is what yeah. she's saying. But then she kind of gives her like a sincere hug at the end. And I love that Jocelyn says goodbye. Her dear friend. Moira Rose calls her her full name. To me, that just shows that she sees Moira as this character, which yeah. isn't wrong. Um. But she's yeah, just that's true. I never like thought of that when weird she said creature that. that's come into their lives. And just as mysteriously as she's arrived, she's now leaving. She's going to poof, disappear. Exactly. Uh, so everyone's kind of making their rounds around town, right? So where to talk to Jocelyn. Alexis has to go talk to her boyfriend, Dr. Mullins, Mr. Ted at the vet. Orange and... cat sighting in this scene. <gasps> yes. Right at the very <laughs> beginning. A that. big fat orange cat, just like yeah. my Sammy cat. Yay. Um, so she tells Ted the news and he's very shocked. He tells her to sit down and he's kind of scrambling in that moment. Takes off his medical gloves even and says that he has something for her that he was saving until they went on an all-inclusive vacation, which you've been on those, Katie, but 
I'm about to go on another one too. Yeah. I can't wait. Alexis yes. doesn't know what that means though. I think because to her, everything always... is all inclusive. Exactly. <laughs> everything like, is included. There's this line. I know you didn't watch Downton Abbey, but there's this line that is kind of iconic from earlier on in the show where someone references a weekend and the the dowager countess is like, what is a weekend? Like, I, that doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> we work all the time or type thing or something yeah. like that. Or every day is a weekend. Every day is a weekend. Oh, so gotcha, what do you mean? Gotcha. Like a weekend, a day that you don't work? God, wouldn't that be great? I know. What a lifestyle. Right. Uh, so he digs into his bag and pulls out a ring box. And all of a sudden he's proposing. Oh, my God. They've been together for like what? Five, six, four, episodes. Five, <laughs> five weeks, maybe. Oh my gosh. Uh, but he does propose and he he finally reveals what her actual middle name is, which we Alexis Claire, Claire Rose. Rose. So we finally find out. Solved. I like uh, that middle name. Yeah. So there's this long pause and then she's like, yes, if I was staying then yes, a thousand times yes, and rambling on and on, but basically like we're not staying. staying. So, so then is that a she no? won't say no because <laughs> so, Ted even has to say, "Is that a no?" And she goes, "Yes." Yes. <laughs> I love how she like looks around the room too when he first mm-hmm. like brings out the ring. She's like, "Who is, is this anyone else me? seeing yeah, this? What exactly. what's happening?" <laughs> How dumb uh, is Ted to want to marry someone this early in the I game? I know. Honestly. It's too soon. I mean, in any case, it's probably too soon. He closed wanna, the ring box at the end, too, of that scene. I want to say something about her outfit in this scene. Mm-hmm. Because her shirt is very, like, a formal, long sleeve button-up shirt. And I was wondering, like, did she dress that way maybe to not look as cute or super sexy or to like make it an easier go mm. well I don't want to like turn them on yeah I mean maybe. she still had short shorts on but her shirt was kind of uncharacteristic of what okay. she normally would wear I thought maybe I mean it's she like, still has that big floppy hat with a yeah giant but like button up blouse and long sleeves okay. it just kind of struck me as like maybe she's just kind of softening the blow by not mm. being her sexy little self that is <laughs> that is a good observation I didn't notice that um, so Katie, as the resident married co-host, would you share hmm. your engagement story with us? Uh-huh. Did Joe propose um, in a vet clinic? I actually, <laughs> not in a vet clinic. I actually, um, I have two, like two part story to this. We clearly had been, we had been dating for, I want to say four or five years. And one Christmas, I was so sure I was getting a ring because I think this was about this was the Christmas before we ended up did did where we actually did get engaged. Can't speak. Um, Joe, stupid Joe, signed up for an American Express credit card, and it just so happened. You know, how like restaurants or companies will sponsor cards, so it was sponsored by the Knot. So the credit card came with a free wedding planning kit that I stumbled upon that was delivered early. And I just like, didn't, I opened it, not realizing what it was. And there is this wedding planning kit. And so then I was sure, 
that Did I was getting a ring. That was when he got the crown. I have no clue, Stephanie. I don't know. Because <laughs> that's like but... the most popular wedding planning website. Yeah. And so anyway, I quick closed the box back up and made it look like I didn't open it and tried to pretend I didn't see it. And then Christmas came and I got a pair of running shoes, which don't get me <laughs> wrong. I like the running shoes, but I was clearly yeah. disappointed and I was upset. It was upsetting. And we talked about it and he's like, well, I just got the credit card. I didn't know they were going to send that. I didn't know you saw it type thing. Anyway, um, if you don't know my husband, you, you wouldn't know, but he is an Apple aficionado, Apple, everything, Apple, iPhone, Apple computer, Apple, everything, Apple watch. He was one of the people in line to get the original iPhone very first original iPhone. And this was right. It was in October, November, maybe of 2007. And we were planning a trip to California. We were going to go to LA, drive up the coast to San Francisco. And the night before he's getting this iPhone, I'm like, if he gets that freaking iPhone and doesn't get me a ring, <laughs> I didn't say that to him, but I just said it and voiced it to some friends. Yes. Right. <laughs> So anyway, we went on our vacation and we were at a Christmas tree. It was over like Thanksgiving week. We had extra days off. That way we built it in and we were at a Christmas tree lighting ceremony in San Francisco in Union Square. And they did a little countdown and Santa came and they lit the tree. And then when the tree lit, he proposed, he was standing behind me and he's like, Oh, so I was wondering, will you marry me? And I was like, shut up. (laughs) And then I turned around and then there he like went on one knee. And then there was a couple people there that took some pictures for us. Turns out they were originally rooted in Michigan. So we did email back and forth a little bit and cute. It was a cute little story. He said he was debate. He was doing it on that trip, but he was debating if we were going to go, like out on, we wanted to walk on the Golden Gate Bridge, which we never ended up doing. We didn't walk out there. So then mm-hmm. he was saving it for that. He just didn't know okay. like when for sure he was going to do it. So that was it. And I said, yes, obviously. Yes. Yes. Here I am. So cute. Well, we, it, I think we had week... known each other much longer than Alexis and Ted. Okay, good, 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 good. Um, well, we should get some good proposal stories this week on our Instagram. Oh, good idea. Please I'll see if I can email. find the pictures. Oh, yeah. That would be even better. That the stranger people took. So would, I love a good proposal story. Like those never. That was one thing working in the bridal business for the four years that I did. Yeah. I never got tired of hearing those stories. Even like hearing about people's wedding plans. That just, I was always excited yeah. to hear those stories. I, I do so. like a good proposal. Like if mm-hmm. I scroll, I'm scrolling through TikTok. I always get yeah. them. And they cut, they play to me now because I watch yeah. them. So well, we missed a proposal in New York because we were too busy. Taking- <laughs> <laughs> this really epic proposal in front of the Brooklyn. Meanwhile, Bay. in the background, here we are just taking our yeah. dumb selfies. Exactly. We missed it by like five seconds. But <laughs> I've seen a couple out in the wild and they're always exciting to watch. Oh, yeah. So. When we went to our fall road trip, Aaliyah really wanted to fake a proposal at like one of the state parks, like so bad and nobody would do it. She wish she wanted Joe to do it. I'm like, there's no way he'll do that. And then we got the idea that we, she and I should propose to each other, but I just didn't have the balls to do it. 
<laughs> we were also when we were walking across, I think it was we were walking across the Brooklyn Bridge and there's couples taking photos. And oh, we yes. Like, I'm just going to walk up to them and say to the guy, oh, my God, are you proposing? <laughs> I just forgot about that. Put him on the spot off, and then yeah. leave. Oh, my God, are you proposing? <laughs> that would have been funny. Uh, anyway, we've gotten sidetracked. We've gotten <laughs> sidetracked. That's okay. Uh, so then we cut to David, who is loading up his stuff in Roland's truck. So he must have gotten his truck from Roland. Yeah. Getting a ride, um, I think, is what it ends up being because he mentions that Roland's going to take him to the airport. So, like, they already have flights. They have everything. They work fast. That's I don't know how they did all this. <laughs> no. Um, but Stevie comes out to talk to David and, you know, this is all catching her off guard just as much as them. Right. Um, and her mood, but her mood is different. And David says he has an idea that Stevie should come with him to New York. And she is genuinely shocked, but also kind of excited. excited. Yeah. And it's kind of like, what would I do in New York? I don't know. And David makes this joke about, have you seen the show Girls? Nope. I was okay. hoping you were going to talk about that. He, does, you? he says, oh, yeah, I watched the whole series. Um, oh, OK. It's a HBO show from like maybe 10 years ago. OK. Um, so he says, just, just watch, watch a season, season of girls and do the opposite of what they do. It's basically these 20 something just out of college girls who are not self-sufficient but trying to live in new york and just make okay. really like dumb mistakes and choices adam Alrighty. driver in fact who is now this huge superstar oh, in the yeah. film world, he that's the first time i ever saw adam driver was on girls and i love his character i think his character's he, name is also he adam. won an oscar now right or was at least nominated for an oscar he was yeah for the and, marriage story yeah um, i never watched that one. Oh, i did i like that i i like adam driver a lot i feel like I knew about him before he got all into like Star Wars. And that's when a lot of people learned about oh, him. Right. And now he's been in some other great movies, but girls is sort of the smaller space that he started. And he used okay. to be a Marine. I don't know if you knew that, but. Oh, wow. No, he, I did not know he that. Went to Ju- I don't know why I know so much about him. <laughs> wow. You are a super uh, fan. I stalker. I um, when I was in New York years ago and went to a taping of the Stephen Colbert show, Adam Driver was a guest. I promise I'm not oh, a stalker. <laughs> you you signed up for that. I uh, I did. <laughs> but no, he went to Juilliard and was a Marine before he got into acting. Wow. So, yeah. Talented Thank you for this biography of Adam You're Driver. You're welcome. Stephanie. Unofficial biography. You could write a book. Yes. Um, how did I get to? Oh, girls. <laughs> girls. <laughs> we can talk but about he tells Stevie, watch a season of girls and do the opposite. That's all you need to know. Exactly. Yes. Don't make their mistakes. And she's like, well, you've got these fancy friends and I'll get lost in all of that. And he kind of implies they'll like, I think he says they'll be away for the summer, but that's probably just his way of saying they've dropped. I don't and- really know where they are or anything about them um, now. But he does say he's already, so he's got flights. They're getting out of town. He's found a two-bedroom apartment in the East Village. Um, And Katie, I did some research. Uh How much does a two-bedroom apartment in the East Village cost? I would say probably about three grand Okay, a month. Yeah, I did some Zillow searching and the average I would say was actually about 4,000 for a a two-bedroom that would be up to David's standards. Right. Um, the the one listing I did find, and maybe we can like share it or do like a, I'll do a screenshot of it, is like 700 square feet. 
it's quite small for a two bedroom, but it's nice. It's just small and it's 4,200 a month, which is crazy. That's four um, of my house payments. It's insane. My three bedroom with, with a yard and now, and now an in-ground pool. pool house payment. <laughs> it's wild. Uh, well, our rent in Queens, when we left there, we were, we moved out of, back here in 2009 and our rent for our one bedroom, probably 400 square feet apartment was 1300 a month. I can imagine that same apartment goes for over two grand now. Mm-hmm. And you were in Astoria. Mm-hmm. So not even Manhattan. Yeah. yeah. Not, not the East village or Soho or oh none gosh. of that nonsense. Um, but when David mentions that it's a two bedroom that completely deflates Stevie's mood. Yeah. The disappointment is like palpable. He's not asking her as a lover. He's asking her right. as a roommate and does not want to take, and, isn't even thinking about taking their relationship. And we get the first clue as to what I was saying all along. She's you not okay right. with just being his friend. You, She is struggling and this really seals the deal because yeah. he's not even on that level anymore. And she still is. Yeah. Um, and he basically makes a decision for her. He's like, you're going to New York. Pack your bags. Okay. And she kind of walks away. And um, how also, how presumptuous of David and out of touch that he assumes his family at this point is coming back into money. And he assumes Stevie can just come along. And not just for the ride, but he needs a roommate, assuming to contribute financially. Right. What's she going to pay for? How does he know what she has in her bank account? How is she going to keep up with that lifestyle? I was thinking about that too, not to mention just like uprooting someone from small town to New York. Thinking of myself, like I lived in Bad Axe. Then I went to Grand Valley, which was near Grand Rapids. So I had a little bit of like city exposure Mm -hmm. at least. But to go from Schitt's Creek to New York with God knows what for savings or any kind of plan. That would be my worst nightmare to be quite honest. So he's expecting her to chip in like 2100 bucks, 2000 of rent. Yeah. Where's that going to When she from? probably lives somewhere for free in Schitt's Creek. Right. Yeah. So she kind of walks off. We don't and- really know that, but yeah. Um, well, Katie, I'm going to take a quick break because we're okay. in deep into this episode. We're going to take a quick break, throw it to our sponsor, and then we'll pick up with where we left off. Awesome. See you soon. Do you own things? Do you need a place to put the things you own? If either of these situations apply to you, then Robert's Family Shelving is here to serve. As a top leader in the Fortune 10,000 of family-owned businesses between 2016 and 2018, It's no surprise that their wide assortment of shelves and sturdy surfaces for all design sensibilities and living conditions are the most popular in the region. For a limited time or until further notice, a percentage of all proceeds will go towards beloved owner and CEO Andy Roberts Medical Care Fund as he remains in a comatose state, not due to a shelving incident. Again, the family would like to emphasize that the integrity and stability of their shelving units are not to blame for Andy's coma, nor any other former customer's current but unrelated comatose states. Robert's Family Shelving. 50 years of coma-free service. We promise. All right, and we're back. Thank you, Robert's Family Shelving. Yes, thank you. And 
Steph, I just want to give you a heads up. I did get three quotes for my new closet, one from them, one from Pritchett's closets and one from closets, closets, closets. And Andy shelving came in the lowest. So okay. if you know that reference, you know. Yes. Well, good to know. I'm glad you're shopping around. Yep. Uh, and thank you again to Robert's family shelving. Yes. All right. So we jump so over to the in. cafe and Johnny's there thanking Twyla for all of her great service. And she's like, thanks. I wasn't sure based on your tips. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we already knew they were kind of building up a, a pretty good tab. I think yes. Dee, Dee said something of the sort. Oh, letting you run up a big tab, are they? Yeah. Uh, and then Roland suddenly runs in and says he has to talk to him. He knows the, the deal. He knows about the buyer. This is where I assume maybe he was with Roland when he found out about the buyer. Yeah, that's I'm he was thinking running he was from. like coming from town hall, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Which that's a I good... kind of was thinking of the geography, which probably mm-hmm. makes sense. I think because he so. ran past all the stuff. Exactly, and he uh, he's like, I'm not sure about this guy, and. This is where we find out it's Andy Roberts is the buyer who mm-hmm. family has made a fortune in the shelving in business. The shelving. And Roland says that Andy butt dialed him during sex, but that wasn't what offended him. It was that he put him on speakerphone and he's like, that's just like something you would do, Johnny. And then starts going off about how he can't handle another Johnny and like really makes yeah. it known that Johnny really grinds his gears and he <laughs> which the whole time to me i'm thinking like roland likes johnny and they're friends but yeah, but now he's apparently he's annoyed of, like he likes to tease him but yeah he's now saying like johnny you're such a handful i can't deal with another one of you kind of thing yeah um so roland's in this panic mode as andy walks in who's just this like Oh my God, ew, David. Yeah, exactly, Alexis. The grossest character on the show. If a cheese ball came to life, I think that's he is start. He's so gross. Grease ball, loud, just gargling, sweaty, rude. Yeah. Bloated looking eyes, open shirt. They did a great job with making this guy gross. yeah. Yeah, everything is gross about him and he's in the middle of a phone call telling a joke about something about a hooker Hooker or something (laughs) and then goes up to twilight and says he's got a meeting with this freaking douche and (laughs) roland's like suddenly roland is really charmed by this right of course (laughs) entertained of course roland gets along with him great immediately and he's like the douchebag is right here and he points at johnny and Johnny, again, is thrown for such a loop because he's trying to be professional despite being very grossed out by this Andy character. And but also just trying to, like, play it cool. Like, exactly. Okay, just come on. Tighten up his jacket and whatever. Get, get the deal made. Sign on the dotted line. Get this over with. Yep. Um, and so let's just finish out this scene because Andy and Roland are now, like, joking, getting along really well. Best buds. Andy sounds like he's gonna die with how hard he's laughing. Honestly, like he's can like we talk about coughing. the way he, the way he talk, cough, laughs, and and like his deep gargly voice? It just makes me feel like he's a stroke waiting to happen. Yes, <laughs> it's so freaking gross. Like, the laugh is like I don't even want to imitate it. I don't <sighs> think I could. Like, it's, <laughs> like it's, it's so, so gargly. Bad. 
so he and Aunt, Andy and Roland are joking, making each other laugh, and Johnny tries to get a, in on the joke, but it flops, and they look at it like just like his hip parenting, his jokes exactly. Flop also. Uh, but then Andy's like, "Okay, let's sign this," and Joss or Johnny's like, "Yes, let's do it." But then Roland, Roland, Roland has to again. He insists on doing business over dinner. Got to do house. it over dinner, and this is sort d- of like bookend to this little season here. Yes. You are right. Um, and again, it's a cheese forward invitation because it's <laughs> mac and cheese. Jocelyn's famous mac Not and fondue cheese. this time. But yeah. And Johnny's At like, least there'll no. be a spoon involved. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, Johnny is like, no, 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 no. Let's just do this. And then we'll have mac and cheese. But Andy is all in for this. Yeah. Um, and then starts to like. I mean, the hooker joke kind of implied it from the get-go, but he's definitely a womanizer. Says he wants to he's see sexist, how hot for sure. Jocelyn is. And it's like, but she can't be too hot if she's with you. And they start womanizer, laughing. Womanizer, you're a womanizer. Oh, womanizer. <laughs> We're getting yeah, serenaded so much on the show. I love Britney it. Britney Spears. It's Britney, yeah. bitch. Free Britney. She's free. <laughs> um, and then Roll, it's like, yeah, I can't help it if she has taste. LOL. Gross. <laughs> and then Johnny is like an, loud, gross laugh. Johnny is an absolute hell through this. Please get me out of this situation. Yeah, He's like thinking. his nightmare. But in the end, if it can get him out of the town, he'll he'll do what he needs to do. Yep. So then we're back over at community service and uh, Alexis and Ma. <laughs> Did you see what they're painting? <laughs> painting over a penis on the side of Bob's garage. Oh, it is on the garage. It's on the garage. Because if you look carefully around the front corner of this building is Bob's tow truck. Oh, my gosh. You haven't eaten Katie. Poor Bob getting penises painted on his garage. Um, More low crime. (laughs) More uh, teenager crime in this time. It's all been very graffiti based. Teenager crime and Ray's black tooth. Yep. Uh, She tells Mutt that Ted proposed but won't say whether she said she would or wouldn't marry him. Just says that they're leaving. Um, and then she's like bothered that Mutt doesn't seem too sad that she's leaving. And things get really tense here. Like, yeah, she clearly has something unsaid. She has something unsaid or she feels like he does something. Well, he won't say anything. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's like she yeah. wants him to say how he feels. And he's just like, I think it's nice. You're going back to your, you know, natural habitat. I'm not a dolphin, but is what she says after that. <laughs> and he's like, no, I just mean like I'm happy for you. But she's bitter because she wants he's, him. He's to not saying I'm going to miss you or yeah, something like that. That's what she really wants to hear. And like, which is crazy because she just wants to get out of this engagement with Ted, but wants Mutt to like, she's right. She's so getting so messy. You guys, and it's about to get a lot messier. Just hold on. So hold on to your butts (laughs) (laughs) at town hall. Ronnie is, I guess, Alexis finished. She's leaving. So she finished her community service. Ronnie is checking off and everything. And she's got Moira's fur coat draped over her shoulders. (laughs) She's so happy with it. Yes. And this is where Alexis is like, wow, they're getting good with these knockoffs. Because she says she got it from Jocelyn. And she's going to feel like Patty LaBelle. Yeah. In that coat, she's so happy with it, and uh, she's complimenting Alexis for her good job with community service, and mentions that she really must have done a number on Mutt because he kept coming back even after his sentence was finished, and that 
completely throws Alexis for a loop. Yeah. She has no idea. Big game changer here. Mm-hmm. I just love Ronnie so much in this scene. I, I really do and, too. But the way she's such a, I think Ronnie is maybe one of the best observers on the show. Like she'll never have real like centralized character arcs, but she gets to like, she makes some of the best observations about what's going on or observations and then just, about people. And then just spills the beans on them too. Yep. And she's so direct back about and watch it all unfold. Yeah. And she's like, maybe he just likes pretty girls and hippie hats. You think she just likes to like stir the pot type thing? She likes Maybe. to create things to see, watch. Exactly. Like, she wants to see yeah, how it all happens she and she can to, sit yeah. back. She's like, you know what I mean? String bean. <laughs> <laughs> I love we had that pretty girls in hippie hats. And you know what I mean? String bean. We're shortlist those were contenders, contenders for yeah, this we episode. Love, we love those lines. So this is like Alexis's confirmation of must have feelings. Yes. Yep. Why else would he be coming back? So then we're back at the motel and Stevie w- walks in on David packing the dozen plus bags. I lost count. Um, yeah. Plus those like I just wrote boxes. in my notes, David packing even more shit. <laughs> <laughs> they, keep, they keep coming from whatever closets. Um, yeah. And Stevie is like, you know, New York sounds amazing, but I can't go. And David's just like, I, he doesn't get it. He doesn't understand why until she explains. It's he has to say it outright. She likes him, meaning she has feelings for him, even though she doesn't want to. And the fact that he just wants to be a roommate isn't going to work for her with how she feels. And then that's like probably the saddest emotional moment of this season, I would say. It really is. And I never, when I first watched it the first few times through, I never really felt like it was that sad. Mm -hmm. But watching it this week and taking my notes, like both of those actors like did a really good job with this they scene. Did. And I, it hit me like how emotional this was. Cause I was just thinking about the fact that now this means something totally different for David too. Yeah. And, you know, Stevie's on the verge of tears. David's on the verge of tears, but they're trying to end this friendship amicably, I guess is the best mm-hmm. way to put it. Yep. And he uh, mentions that, you know, she might be his only friend and, now that might be he, ruined too. He's made his could, life survivable there. Which when he says that, she kind of laughs, but like it's almost like is that a low blow? But is that enough of a compliment? Like it's so she kind of it's not what she none of this is what she wanted to hear at the end of the day. Right. She wanted something else. And um then Stevie just kind of has to say goodbye and leave. And David's David is emotional. I'm trying to understand why David is so emotional. Is it because he's now truly going to have to confront his fear of being alone? Is there a financial element still? I think it's, I think it's just because he realizes if he doesn't have Stevie, he has no one. Yeah. I, I really think that's it. I think, cause mm-hmm. right there we find out in that scene, we find out just how many friends he has because she says, I'm sure you have lots of friends that'll live with you. And he flat out says, yeah, not as many as you might think. Yeah. And I think this, her telling him this, um, just means he's on his own now. Like there's no one and, and something else. Go ahead. Sorry. Something else he says, um, he, he says, thank you for being honest. And he wishes he could fix it. Meaning I'm not going to have those feelings for you, but 
I almost wish I could because then I at least wouldn't be alone, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think you're right. You know, he mentioned when he was talking to Alexis, like he doesn't want to have to get a one bedroom or live in Brooklyn. And initially it's like, is Stevie just his solution to that? But this makes it, you know, like he could get a one bedroom apartment. Like he could live Mm -hmm. alone and be fine. It's he just doesn't want to feel so alone he's been alone in a small city but then can you imagine being alone in a big city i can tell you too from experience of all though there are eight million people in manhattan like new york can be very isolating mm-hmm. how do you meet people or just relate to people it's not the same living there as it is living in a small town or living somewhere yeah. where people are just social with you you mm-hmm. literally put your headphones on and you walk to work and you walk to the subway and you don't you look down you don't make contact with people it's an isolating place yeah although it's got millions of people yeah maybe he's going back there just because that's the only place he knows right you know even though it's not the right place for him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a sad scene. Yep. Um, so then we move over to the disgusting dinner party. Another gross mm. dinner party. We've had so many of them this season. So many gross dinner parties at uh, Roland's house. Another very cheese forward spread. This is why Roland and Andy get along because they're both gross, they're disgusting so gross. slobs when it comes to eating. Yeah, there's cheese. There's Cheeto- Cheetos. Um <laughs> All sorts of cheese dishes to lead up to the mac and cheese. Uh, Andy's talking about how his grandfather started the shelving business in a small town like Schitt's Creek, and he sees a lot of potential here, which is why he wanted to buy it. And then Roland mentions there's a dessert coming up called Sex in a Pan. What uh, do we think Sex in a Pan well, is? Well, it is a real recipe i had oh did you google it Mm -hmm, i sure did um it is a layered dessert like in a dish um it's mostly pudding i think there's six layers and then like a pecan crust on the bottom um apparently in this one article i I hate how recipes have to be articles nowadays. Can I just say that? Like, I always have to scroll Dump back to recipe someone's autobiography. I just want to know yep. this freaking thing. But this particular website, she does say that this recipe, from what she knows, because her mother used to make it for decades, it's been around a long time, used to be called six in a pan, like six layers. And then oh. at some point they turned it into sex in a pan. <laughs> like maybe, the telephone so game good. turned it into sex exactly. in a pan. Exactly. At least that's what joecooks.com has to say about it. So <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure I've Thank made a recipe or two off joecooks.com. Yeah. So uh maybe we'll have to it looks sort of like a tiramisu, honestly. It has Ooh, like the cocoa I'd love powder on tiramisu. top of the cinnamon. So it looks good. Hmm. Maybe we'll have to make that over break. Along with the um, what were the things? Nanaimo bars. Nanaimo bars. Nanaimo bars. Maybe we can make yes. those for Christmas. Who knows? So yeah, they talk about the dessert. They make a joke. Gross Andy laughing with his mouth full, just like a walking ad for diabetes. He's gross. <laughs> he is diabetes. He's so gross diabetes. Yeah. <laughs> um. Moira's outfit. Let's talk about that for a second. She's got this bizarre wig on. Still can't fully understand. Yeah, I don't like what's happening with the front of it. The bangs, flippy blonde bangs, framing her face. But then she's wearing this black 
coat or collar right up to her chin, almost to her lips. And so she's just like surrounded in fur. But then this crazy, like almost the, um, what was that hairstyle called? In Flock of Seagulls hair from like the 80s where it just kind of swoops. Her bangs are kind of feathery. Yeah, it's crazy. It's one of my least favorite wigs this season. Just going to say that. Yeah, it's definitely a bizarre Um, look for her. But she's questioning Jocelyn. They're working in the kitchen and she's asking her how she likes the coat. And uh, Jocelyn kind of fumbles and Moira catches her when she says that it buttons when it really zips, implying she never actually tried it on and finally says, I gave it away. I gave it to Ronnie. He paid and it forward. When, <laughs> when she says Ronnie, Moira has this look of disgust. So clearly yeah. there's still beef between them, even after last week. And she came to her birthday party. Like, did you see just, hear what Jocelyn said ro- too? Jocelyn said she could always use more feminine pieces in her wardrobe. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I did hear that. <laughs> um, but Moira then has to school Jocelyn on the etiquette of regifting and says some things are just not done. Like smoking in a car with a baby unless you crack a window. <laughs> That's what she says. Which <laughs> Mixing drinks with cola. And giving away coats that don't belong to you. Which, wouldn't you agree if it was given to you, it now is yours? I don't know. This I would agree. And I would say giving it away would be better than trying to sell it and make a buck. Because you oh, could have done for that. Sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, so, Katie, where do you stand on regifting? Is there like etiquette? that one must follow do you regift um i'm trying to think if there's anything specific i regift i or i have regifted i don't think there is um i think it's fair game for example ann and ryan good friends of ours and and we we often like see each other so much Sometimes we'll come each come across like a kitchen appliance or something we don't use. And we literally will pass it one to the next or vice versa. And I couldn't care less what happened to that thing after it left my left my house because I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't want it in my house. And I know she's the same and the same way, vice versa. She has had things where she's like, here, just take this. If you don't use it, then donate it or something. Right. So I I would feel like that as far as like gift gifts. I know like people I know have regifted wedding gifts. Mm-hmm. Like they got married and then a few months later, friends got married and they, just, they Ooh, never even opened. Wedding, you get so much stuff. I know. Yeah. And they never even opened the thing. And they're like, I'm never going to use this. and also, it was when they got married, we were all pretty young. So we were still in like our poor phase. Mm-hmm. So she's like, I'm just going to give this as a gift. So yeah. um, I won't say what or who. I'm not going to call anyone out. But I do know it. it was a pay it forward type thing. Uh-huh. So, yeah. What about you? You regifted or um, I I'm one of those people like you and Anne, where I don't like things in my space that I'm not going to use or I don't have a place for. So I'm right. pretty quick to. I don't regift as much as I just donate, to be honest, because yeah. sometimes regifting seems like more work. Like you have to find the person who needs it and, you know, they have right. to accept it sometimes. So to me, I'm just like, I would rather just take it to the Goodwill. Just get it out of my space. Get it out of, right? get it out of my site. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I don't think Moira is going to take her coat to the Goodwill. I think that might be a little. No, more. absolutely not. <laughs> um. 
So then we go over to Mutt's barn where he's making some sort of dinner. I couldn't really quite catch what he was. Was it like a little like bit of bread kind of salad. or uh, something he's cutting into? But Alexis marches in and is kind of hostile, uh, saying, you know, we're going to be leaving as soon as this bill is signed. And he won't really look at her. But she just flat out confronts him like, why did you do these extra hours of community service? Like, why won't you say that you enjoy my what company? I know, just what I know say you want to say. Why don't you say you care about me? And he like he physically can't say it because he's he's even like, you know why? Like, don't make me say it kind of thing. He wants to be open, but he can't or that, won't. Um, do you think that part of that has to do with the fact that she know he knows she's in a relationship with Ted also? Like, do you think he doesn't yeah, want to yeah. be that guy? It could be. Mm-hmm. I think so. Because I, I can't remember. Now I've like started watching season two in preparation and I can't remember mm-hmm. where I thought this, but I was like, man, Mutt is kind of a good guy. He's really respecting mm-hmm. that line with Ted. I feel like he and- is. You're right. And think when he and Alexis met, she was single. He was not. And now he is. And she's right. not. It's just like they can't be bad timing, bad timing. It's a matter of bad timing. And I think you're right. He wants to be a good guy as much as he's like teased Ted about and like mentioned he used to bully him. I think generally Mutt is a good guy. Mm -hmm. So she like goes to leave and then he pulls her in and dramatic, sensual kiss. Much more passionate. That might be his last chance. Yeah. Much more passionate than we've seen her with Ted. I'm just mm-hmm. gonna say that out loud. Um, yeah. And then let pretty hot and heavy. Let it be implied what happens next. We cut away back to the dinner party. David, poor sweet David, is so distressed. Shows up. He's just like he's getting. Fr- you can see the frantic, frazzled. The, the frazzled look in his eyes. He he's interrupting. Wants to talk to Johnny. Wants to know when the check will be ready because. Now he's like the money situation. Yeah. He he's like he he's lost his cool 100 percent on the verge of tears saying, if I'm going to New York, I need more money. I need 50 percent. This town was originally mine. It's like the walls are closing on him. He can't think about it is his. (laughs) It is. But he's just like he's spiraling. That's what I put in my notes. Poor David is just spiraling. (laughs) And Johnny trying to be cool dad again. Talk to the hand, son, because I've got to go watch a pig eat. (laughs) Two weeks in a row now we got the talk to the hand from Johnny. Yeah. And and David's his Dan is such a good actor in the scene. Like in this episode, his eyes are just I can't explain. His eyes are like vibrating. He's just so yeah. just panic, panic mode. Doesn't he can't so much has been building up inside of him all season and now it's just all kind of crumbling. Um so Johnny goes, sits back down and Jocelyn is clearing their plates and notes that Andy's looking a little dewy at the moment, which is an understatement in my opinion. Dewy. <laughs> um, but he says it's just the dessert that's making him horny, which gross, disgusting. Uh, we do nice, finally nice table talk. <laughs> totally. <laughs> uh, we do finally learn that the purchase price of the town, because mm-hmm. they're about ready to sign finally. Is nine hundred and seventy-five thousand, so just shy of a million. So we're assuming that's what the roses paid for it, because at the beginning, Roland said, or I mean, sorry, Johnny says we're willing to settle what we paid for it. Oh, okay. But not less. Like okay. at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, like earlier. Okay, you're right. So I feel no. like 
he must have paid $975,000 for the town. Um, so I did a little thinking again. So when David came in just moments ago and said he needs 50%, um, he's wanting 500,000 instead of let's Mm, assume roughly split it four ways. He'd get a quarter of a million. If David was to get that $4,000 a month apartment, that is 50,000. I did the math. I'm not just knowing this in my brain. I have my calculator app on my computer open right now. Let's be honest. But that's like $50,000 a year in rent. I'm sure he's spending at least another 50000 in other, you know. Right. Whatever. Clothing, amenities, food, going out. Exactly. Maybe more. Odd days. So a quarter of a million is only going to last him like two and a half years at the most. So that's why he's demanding more. To be honest, even at $975,000, a million dollars basically doesn't, it basically a million doesn't, it doesn't go that far. No. By the time you consider living arrangements and I mean, yes, it's a life changing amount to the point where like, it's going to save them from what they are in right now, they're but not gonna coast they're going to have money. to work. That'll yeah. Get them like back. they're going to have to get jobs or figure out what to do with themselves. That'll give them, get them back in their old circle, but there's going to be a, a timeline to how long that will last them right. before they're back where they started. Unless they, you know, miraculously figure something out, but unless they buy Apple stock and let it ride. Exactly. That's what my husband would do. <laughs> <laughs> My Peloton stock is not doing too well this week. I'm just mm. going to say. It's supposed to be on the uptick. I heard it on the uh, stocks today. So. That's all we watch in this house. <laughs> stock ticker, stock ticker. Um, so Moira finally catches on that not only is Andy gross, but he's a womanizer because he calls her sh- sweet cheeks. I wanted to talk about that. And it, this is the where look it on, all yeah, turns. The look on Johnny's face. I love it because... As soon as he said sweet cheeks, the look on Johnny's face was like, that was a bad idea. Yeah. Because like, if you watch him, he's like, oh, shit. Nobody calls my wife. (laughs) Yes. She starts taunting him saying that, that, you know, 975 is such a girly number. One million. Much sexier. Just after like moments ago, she said people are so greedy when David wanted 50%. And now she's pushing it for this extra 25K. Um, and she won't tolerate this sexist pig, but if she's going to be that way, she's going to use it to her advantage. Take him for everything he's got. So yes, he's like, it works though. Cause he's like, Ooh, look at you. Yeah. Let's make it a million. But as soon as he's ready to sign, he starts stroking out and they're like, we had him. We had him. And the, the shits are not circulation, there. circulation to his trying hands. to put their pen in his hand and fumbling, to trying sign. to get him to sign. And then the shits do come back in and they're like, oh, my God. And they're clearly in distress. Oh, they, they make to, like <laughs> tries to make like he didn't know. Oh, no, Andy. And the scene ends. Well, Jocelyn's like, I'm going to call an ambulance and. Moira just screams, no, no, wake up, Andy, at the end. That's the last thing we hear. Oh, poor Andy. Uh, Poor Andy. Uh, So, yeah, we cut to the hotel room. And uh, is this one Moira says, I'd kill for a good coma right now? Yes, because Johnny says people do come out of comas, meaning that must be what happened to Andy. Yeah. Exactly. So luckily he's not dead. At least we know that. Luckily, yes. Um, 
But nevertheless, this this deal is not happening. Incapacitated and not able to make big decisions Moira such as buying took towns. off her wig. They're just in, you know, they're so disappointed. Alexis comes back from Mutz and Johnny tells her the deal fell through. She's like, well, what does that mean? And they're like, we're not moving. And then it all hits her like, okay. And she tells them, she's like, I think I'm engaged. And I think yep. I just cheated on my fiance. So now we know that they hooked up her and Mutt um, yep. to some degree. Johnny says she'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> None. Just another one of her stories. And then he's like, where's your brother? And she's like, who? Because she's just in her head now trying to figure out what this means. And then we cut to where David went. And he took off in Roland's truck, driving in the dark out of town, tears still in his eyes. He looks back in the rear view and then continues on, passes the town sign to kind of, again, bookend the the season a little bit. And... uh, Um. Yeah, he he dis- disappears into the night. Did you tune find your song for this? I did. It scene? was "Live Again" by Irma Thomas. Was the I song. like this song? Mm-hmm. I did too. "Live Again" and "Love Again," "Smile Again" and "Love Again." They tell me it's almost like a pep talk for David. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah, but it he, is a good song. The whole song's really cute. It is, and it's like a. I love when they like contrast a peppy song. To a moment that's you know yeah. not super peppy, but yeah, David is pieced out of Shit's Creek, so we'll have to wait until season two to figure out where he went or if he's coming. We don't know. Mm. We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, and now we know. Obviously, of course, we probably could assume, being that there are six seasons, they don't get out of Shit's Creek. But now we know for sure they're not getting out this season yeah, anyway. I mean, maybe maybe David gets out, and then it's just about the other three. Who knows? We'll have to we'll have to wait, you guys, to find out. But luckily, because this show. <laughs> It's a complete, we don't have to wait like six months, like normal right. when a show is coming up. We just have to wait yeah, in a few weeks, three weeks. So <laughs> if you guys want to binge season two over the holidays, that would be fun. I did it in about two days. Katie's going to do it on her plane mm. uh, flight. To I, I'm actually back. already nine through season two. I watched some over the weekend, so I only have a few more okay. to go. All right. Well, with that being said, you guys, that is the end of season one. We got through it. Can you believe? I cannot believe believe. that we're done. Part of me wonders, like, am I ever going to watch season one again? I know I I will, but we've 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 fine-toothed combed this one so long. It's almost like, oh, we're done with season one. Will I ever go back? I hope I will. I'm sure I will. I already told you, like, this has moved on from my bedtime show because I don't want to have to... I, I don't want to contaminate now. my, yeah. like, as I'm listening, I'm like, I should be writing this down. I should be writing. So I can't even enjoy it until no. we're done. So maybe now it's okay to watch season one. You can, yeah, you can let season one relax no. a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's back to strictly entertainment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're going to end this last episode of the season with another, would you rather? Oh, um, yes, I'm ready. So my first, would you rather Katie is, would you rather live the rest of your life in a small town like Schitt's Creek, rent-free, but you have no car? So that implies you got to stick around in town. So rent-free, but no car, rest of your life. Or would you rather live in New York City for five more years, no discount here? So you're paying face value. And you only have to do it for five years. 
And then what? I can move wherever I want. Yeah, and then you can move wherever. Oh, you want. I would take the New York probably. You would this. do four, five more years of New York. Uh, I could not live in a town like Schitt's Creek again. Even when I go home and like the nearest grocery store is a 15 minute drive, it drives me crazy. So mm-hmm. I think I would take, I think I would take the New York in this mm-hmm. circumstance and having lived there before. So you're kind of like a Moira in that you grew up in a small town like Schitt's Creek and then you moved to the big city. Yes. Did you move with your driving instructor? Not, um, not with my driving instructor. Joe no. driving instructor. <laughs> Joe didn't even move there with me at first. He came after the fact. So, all right. So you would say five more years NYC. I would say five more years NYC. Yep. Okay. And then my next question is not a would you rather, but a what would you do? A little different. Okay. So if you were Alexis, would you pick Ted or Mutt at the end oh. of the season, and why? Honestly, the fact that Ted was willing to get engaged right away like this is a huge red flag to me. Pump the brakes, Mm -hmm. you know, I probably would go for my. Yeah, that's you don't know. He he doesn't know her. Mm -hmm. Honestly, (laughs) that's I mean, he knew her middle name. So that was something It's more than her parents know her. But yeah, that's all just superficial (laughs) stuff. Come on. He has the deep conversations with Mutt. Yeah, I I would. That's that's way too fast moving Mm -hmm. for me. And she's not looking. She's not looking for marriage at this point. Anyway, she's looking for eye candy and a boy toy. You but know? now she's like, but she kind of had that. But now she's maybe realizing she wants more than just maybe like the superficial relationship, which is kind of what she had with Ted. Yeah. Um. You know where Mutt is offering like her you said, like that actual community emotional service. like connection. Yeah, that and... community service lent itself to a lot of actual conversations. So it did. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. So you would go with Mutt, and then... probably the Mutt situation. If you were David, would you choose New York and freedom or friendship with Stevie? Hmm. If I was David, yeah, I think David would just make the New York choice just because he knows no other. Yeah. He doesn't know what else to do. Yeah, I think the I think he knows Stevie is is a real friend, but he hasn't really had one of those before. Mm-hmm. So I don't think at this point in his life he would choose her anyway. Um, me personally can, I mean, is going to New York and still being friends with Stevie an option? <laughs> well, she kind he, of implies that it wasn't because I guess, I guess, you so. know, they were already struggling to, to dissolve friends with benefits, but still be friends. And then he kind of threw it back into play yeah. when he pitched moving in together and Stevie realizes like, I'm actually not okay with. That's friends. a tough one. It's like, yeah. cause when Moira said her goodbye to Jocelyn, that was it. And she'll never mm-hmm. see her again. Yeah. Um. So once I had a breakup, this was a long time ago. Sushant, this was a long time ago. If you're listening, <laughs> but long time um, ago, Sushant. I remember when we broke up, he said like, I hope we can still be friends or can we still be friends? And I remember what I said was we can try. But I knew in the back of my mind, like, no, it's yeah. it's not going to happen. We're not going to be friends. Yeah, I don't think you can move on from a relationship. If your goal is to still be friends, you might circle back and become friends. But right. if you plan to transition from partner to friend immediately, to 
Mm-mm, I don't think I that. agree. Like you need time to just yeah. let things fizzle. And if it comes back around and you find yourself in the same circle, then great. Mm-hmm. I think I feel like Crystal had that not so much anymore, but she had a high school boyfriend. I'm sorry if I'm dishing your info, Chris, um, but she had a high school boyfriend and they broke up. But the the big thing was, it's like they had the same circle of friends in high school. So anytime they would go back to bad X, it was yeah, I think it's so now hard. where I think it's now at first it was hard, but I think now it's to the point where they're obviously adults. And if they see each other, it's just cool. Like, hey, mm-hmm. meet up at Pete's Bar and Bad yeah. X. Like, hey, how are you? Like they've moved had on time. with your life. Yeah. You got yeah. it. You can't can't be like an immediate flip of the switch. Absolutely. One not. day no, we're there's no chance. lovers and then the next day we're just pals. That doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough would you rather, but um just I just think David right now at this point would choose mm-hmm. New York. So if I was David, my answer would be New York. He would go with New York. You think yeah. that's the most David answer? Okay. Yes. All right, Katie. Well, that's the last would you rather I had for you. So that means we're done with season Fun. one. Oh my God. We did it. So we're six we, of the way through. Yep. We um we have some preparation to do for next week. We do. It's gonna be our head to head debate yep. style uh episode we've already ones. yeah we've already told you the style um stephanie has made up some really great criteria we're gonna go head to head with each of our favorite episodes yep we're gonna examine them with a fine tooth comb once more we're gonna be pitching the episodes basically to you our audience so next week especially our our viewer involvement, I think, is going to be really important. Yes, so make very sure you're important. checking in with us on Instagram and and listen right away when the episode goes live next Sunday. It'll actually, or, sorry, yeah, next Sunday will be the um, the day after Christmas. It'll, so you guys will already is, be home. Yeah, it'll be the twenty six around your tree with all of your new presents and. Yeah, I'm really thrown off by the date situation right now. I know it's. I can't believe Christmas. We're recording early and. But um, no, please give it a listen. We're gonna we're gonna leave it basically. We're gonna pitch to you all, and you're gonna help us decide which episode of season one is simply the best. So, yep, we're looking forward. And I think we're gonna leave it as a cliffhanger too, right? Until we start our second season. Yeah, we can't reveal in the episode which one wins because we're. We're sort of putting the fate we're, in your hands. Relying so on why, you guys. That's why we need you to 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 voice your opinions and let us know how you feel. But we'll lay. But all anyway, that out that's for you. next week. Yep, that's for next week. Um, in the meantime, we will do a couple of uh, polls this week. I do want to hear some great engagement or proposal stories. What else? Can, yep. What else can we listen to? Um, I'm going to research where my fur vest was made. <laughs> Okay, yes, please let us know. <laughs> I wrote Was that in my notes. Was it mainland China? Um, and let's let's have people weigh in on the conundrum that Alexis is facing, and also David's. Yes. You know, would you have Would you have chosen Ted over Mutt? Would you have chosen New York over Stevie? Let us know. We'd love to yeah, hear. I could post a would you rather, a couple would you rather yeah. polls or, or oh. what would you do type. And polls. then we've got our words of the week as well, of course. At the top oh, yeah. So, uh, you want to get on Instagram to find out what those mean so that you can use them in your everyday language. Exactly. People are think, wow, you're also, so Also, I was just thinking um, now that we're done with the season, we've gone through every episode. Email us, um, you know, the email kaka at shitlistpodcast.com um, or on Instagram. Let us know 
what we missed this season or any little details Honorable that you want to point mentions, out. maybe? Yeah. yeah. Um, Let us know. We can put together a little compilation. Yeah, because I think, I think we're going to have a lot of, obviously we'll be coming back for season two. We'll have a lot of feedback, but we want to know just like what you guys thought we what we nailed and what we didn't nail and mm-hmm. what what we should have mentioned so or did we really here. did we really diss your favorite episode and let yeah. us know if we did that's okay so. you know ultimately this is our shit list but we do want to know what you guys think we, yes we want you guys to be involved we're setting it up for you guys to really make the final decision so um so yeah, we want so to yeah reach out to us again, kaka at shitlistpodcast.com. You know the Instagram, shit underscore list underscore podcast. And we're on Facebook too. Um, and like we said, next week we are doing our head to head. So until then, best wishes and warmest regards. That's about you love.